The 15 Minutes of Giving No Fucks podcast is born out of the Divorce Devil podcast. With the idea of forgiveness as a springboard for giving no fucks, the podcast was established. The premise is probably much different than what most people may think. We advocate that you still care, but you do not let the crappy decisions, situations, and or occurrences of other people or things affect your daily lives. A sort of weeding out the fluff. Enjoy the different viewpoints and positions of the wide variety of guests. Enjoy the refreshing take on just giving no fucks. Welcome everybody out there to uh, 15 Minutes of Giving No Fucks podcast, episode 11. We have Jody Elkeberry Hunt with us. And um, Rachel's going to explain what she does. Oh, she can explain what she does. Or she explain what she does, yes. Why wouldn't the expert of her own life explain it? Yes, let's start with that. And we have some pertinent questions. All right. So I am a PhD level psychologist. I live in Fenton, Michigan, where I have a private practice, but I've been in practice for a while. And so now I'm an author as well. I do executive coaching, but I am on my third book, which I guess is what we're slated to talk about today. Yay. Yes. Uh, we have a couple of questions. Uh, the book is entitled, oh, here we go. Badass Stories, Great Growth, Hope, and Healing in the Shit Show. What would you define the shit show? Yes, that's my main question. What do I, how I define yeah. uh, what the shit, the, and this is the thing, the shit show is life. Yep. Uh, I define the shit show as the messiness of life and you can't escape it. It's just a matter of owning, deciding which one you want to own. Yeah, I think embracing that shit's going to happen in life and how we deal with it and how you navigate all these different things. It's most things are the same. It's just how you respond to it. And if you learn to go with the flow, like you like to say, um, I think it seems to be easier or, you know, you can fight it. And then that's when you have your all your chaos and your stress and all the other stuff. So you spend. OK, so going along with what your podcast is about, you waste all your fucks fighting the shit show. That's not going to go away. Yep. You have to accept that there are certain characters and they're there and lean into it. Exactly. Lean into the shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I it gets, mean, it's a little messy. messy. <laughs> See, we're on the same wavelength, him and I. Um, what made you de- decide to write a book when, you know, what your profession is? You want them to come to you, not like do outsourcing. So you just want to re- reach more people. And what? how did your journey start with this one? With Okay. So just a, a backup. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I have to tell you a little bit in, in order. Cause that's how my brain works. My first book is called move on motherfucker. Woo! It's a way of calling yourself out and being able to laugh and say, you know, I'm going to either let this own me or I'm going to let go and move on. Um, but you got to have a little bit of laughter about it. Now my, and I wrote that book just to give people an additional tool in the arsenal. Mm-hmm. The second book is called Getting to Good Riddance, a No Bullshit Breakup Survival Guide. I wrote that book because I can't see everybody. And my hope was to give people who are dealing with a breakup some skills. Now, this book, Badass Stories, is the book that I've always wanted to write because it's every day. I guess what I've learned the, the older I am and the more work I do 
is that what I find really badass is the everyday stuff. It's showing up in your own life mm-hmm. and not putting your head in the sand. And I wanted to give stories that would resonate with people and help them feel empowered. You're not alone. Right. So this is this is um, this book. It comes right from my heart. So what do you, so when you talk about the uh, hope and grit, how would how would you explain the hope and grit of getting through life? Yeah, I. I think kind of uh, piggybacking on what I just said that life is hard and it t- grit is the staying power is the not giving up and the showing up even when you know it's a shit sandwich. Right. Um, grit is the staying power and realizing that the mistakes are baked in like it, life is painful and there are going to be things that disappointments and and things that you learn from but there has to be hope of something getting better or otherwise what's the point you're not going to show up so you don't really know what it is but i hope that today it will be better than today how do you teach someone grit because i know just through my life experiences i've learned to i think my strength has come through all my traumas my adversities and how do you teach someone resiliency when they are especially for our you know our divorce podcast when you're going through all the hardships like What's the, what's plan one? (laughs) Step one. Step one, yeah. yeah. Grit, for a lot of people, they're born with it. Just like a never give up attitude. Yeah. But it is the, what we're trying to figure out in schools is how do you teach it? And I would say it really first starts with level setting with people that, okay, just get through today and taking your eye off of everything that's going wrong and being able to, for a moment saying, this is what I'm doing well. And first let's identify all the self judgment and criticism that is wearing you down and saying, that's not helpful. And we've got to put that aside. So part of teaching grit and resilience is helping people recognize their own biases and the stuff that they're saying to themselves that are actually going back to your podcast, right. using up all their fucks. Right. And I think, you know, when I was doing some research, I'm like, I really learned what my strengths, weaknesses, my pros, my cons, my what I will deal with and what I won't deal with is through journaling. And then I also see that you have swear your way to sanity journal, the companion thing. I didn't know that that was a thing until recently. And I'm like, you know, I have to own up. I have to own my shit in this life. And I I don't think it was brought forward to myself in my own thinking where I'm always like, well, no, it was that person. That person made me like this. This is what that trauma did this, that, you know, I think grit really comes from you defining, you know, this is what I came through. And I think journaling has helped me with that. Like, oh, look at how strong I was today. I wasn't as strong yesterday, but I'm stronger today because I now know that, you know, my communication skill was off or my holding everything in and exploding wasn't really working in a positive manner. So I think grit comes from experience. It comes from mistakes. And then the hope that it's going to get better is really how, you know, you be, you become more a positive human, more positive in like life and shit that happens. How do you teach? This is interesting. How do you teach yourself or other people to call themselves on their own bullshit? Because people have a hard time looking in the mirror. Yeah. 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 Well, so I am a huge believer in journaling because it is that record. 
It is that um, observer of yourself. And so, first of all, to call your own bullshit, you have to be brutally honest without necessarily being mean to yourself. But like, okay, this is what it is. And just start to pay attention. Pay attention to where your mind goes. Pay attention to the things that you say to yourself. And then being able to also step outside of that and saying, is this reality or is this created? And being able to say bullshit, like that's bullshit, that's not bullshit. And part of that's what I write in Move On Motherfucker is a good technique is to say, do you really want to play the role of the motherfucker today? Yeah. And if you do, fine. We call it level of asshole. What is your level of asshole today? Like sometimes I just have to be a little bit of an asshole because the people who are trying to walk on me know that I'm going to be kind. They know that I'm going to be nice. Well, today I'm had enough. So my level one assholery is way different than my level 10. Um, And so you have to be like, I'm only being an asshole because you're (laughs) getting me there. But what's my role in it? Like, am I just too nice? Am I just too accepting? Am I too um, trusting? And I think just through our process of, you know, the not giving a podcast, podcast or divorce devil podcast we've i've learned that like i gotta take my stake in it this is my life i control my actions i control my input so it's it really you really have to want to be honest and that's a hard that's a hard road to you know hoe (laughs) and then on the other side you know we kind of use the ass fuckery as a, as a defense mechanism. Yeah. So there's ass fuckery level one, ass fuckery level 10. So where are you on that scale in order to protect yourself? And that's what kind of going back to your question and then what you're saying is it starts with boundaries, not mm-hmm. just boundaries with other people, but you yep. have to set boundaries with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I know you also talk about toxic relationships. When our last podcast talked about toxic family members and I think a lot of times they're our favorite. They're our favorite. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so the ones that come into mind more, like you know, we have. I guess we would say mommy issues, right? Yes. We have. I've had my mom has actually passed away, but a lot of my adult things come from doing the opposite. But when I see myself doing things, I'm like, I am not my mom, and I'm like, well, actually, because of my upbringing, I learned what I will do and what I won't do and how I'm going to change it and breaking that generational curse. And I think a lot of times you are codependent on it because if without it, you don't have any chaos. And I think sometimes we thrive on chaos and sometimes we're like, well, I don't want it, but you kind of do. And, you know, shedding the light on your bullshit is, is, is a big, a big thing for us. So. Yeah, and I would add to that, I tell people we have different levels of bullshit tolerance depending on what we experienced early in life. It Mm -hmm. seems familiar to us. And so sometimes when people say, why do you put up with that? The light bulb goes on. You're like, well, I don't know. I just didn't know it can be different. Yeah, we talk about it too. I I had a narcissistic mom who's alcoholic, all this other stuff. And a lot of my relationship after were like that and then I moved far away from all the people that were like that I'm like oh wow families are nice to each other and they don't talk like that and they don't let the the asshole in the family control everything because they don't want to get them upset or they don't want the the temperature in the room is off if they're mad so it really is like experiencing life to learn what 
you will tolerate and le- learning that Definitely. that's not right. So, or that's not how it's supposed to be. You know, my dad wasn't the best father and, uh, Rachel and I talk about negative learning and I know there's a definite term for this, where, where, where you come from, but he taught me what not to do, what not to accept. So everything he was trying to teach me, it was negative of what I learned because it was all negative. So I think that is such an important point that, you know, when you, live through something that is horrible and not that you would wish for it to happen to anybody or you wish it would happen again. But if you can use it as sort of an anchor, this is what I don't want to be. Yeah. That's important. Um, And that's growth. Um, One of my things like, you know, because I was looking at all the all the books you've written because they are they seem all fabulous. I haven't got to get to them yet. But um, the one like getting to good riddance, the bullshit breakup thing. Which goes into the badass stories because you, everybody has a story and especially when, you know, we talk, we have a divorce podcast and I said, do you think that breakups and your stories are different than like, if you're, if you stayed married, a happy marriage, and if you divorce, how are your breakups with toxic relationships? How are your breakups with the person after you've divorced or how are they different and how do they change your story and how do you learn to break up or move on or move forward? Motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah. So you bring up a really a good point in getting to good riddance. There's a chapter called, um, it's, I, I don't remember the exact title, but it's like, what's love got to do with it? Mm-hmm. And essentially, I talk about some of the theories that we all have a love story. Yeah. And we have certain expectations. And as well, the things that we're looking for and motivators and all of our garbage from the past. When you say, how do you get past that? Well, some people don't. Some people keep repeating the same mistakes because they're looking for something <laughs> or they are attracting certain people. Uh, because they put up with too much bullshit. I always say givers attract takers, right? Mm -hmm. So some people don't, but how do you do it is when you break up, it provides you a fabulous opportunity to reflect Mm -hmm. and to look at this. Like, for example, a lot of people are looking for the fairy tale. Yeah. Well, that's not real. And so being able to recognize, okay, I tend to do that, but that is calling out the bullshit. It's not that it goes away. It's just you have to be able to recognize it when it comes up. Yeah. So taking your stake in it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because you you own it. Well, and I think a lot of times toxic is is, um, familiar. So you're like, what part of the familiarity am I needing to break up with? So if you keep this cycle of like, I'm going to date a narcissist, I'm going to do this, I'm going to, you know, I like the person that needs to be fixed. I like that. And I say now my relationship I'm in now is the total opposite of any relationship I've ever had where it's full communication, full honesty, full, this is how I'm feeling. I don't know why I'm feeling this. I need attention. And for me, I feel like in my past relationships, like especially my mom, if I needed attention, it was when it is exactly when she didn't want to give it to me. And anytime Mm. I needed somebody, it always felt like it wasn't my time for that. And so now I'm like, I don't know why I'm needy. I don't know what I need, but I'm just going to be needy. And, and the, you know, my relationship now is just like, okay, so what, what kind of needy do you need? What's your need? What's your needy? What's your so, need? I think, you know, learning healthy relationships is really hard, especially I'm 48, started a new relationship at 45, 46. And if you've done it for so long, you look for 
well, that didn't work last time. And you really have to be like, okay, well, <laughs> that's shitty. <laughs> so <laughs> let's, that's the grit, right? Yeah. You haven't yeah. given up. You just try to learn from what didn't go yeah. well. And I think your disappointment, like each time you go through this shit, oh, you man. become less. Dis- I think you cry less. You you get you upset. Do? Well, I don't, but <laughs> most people. We've learned that I'm very sensitive, but um, most you adversity. You learn how to change those behaviors, and you have to be willing to be open, and honest. Just like I said, we're 15 minutes in, and we're not done. So that's part one of 15 Minutes of Not Giving a Fuck podcast, episode 11. I can't wait for part two. I wonder yes. what it's going to be about. Break, break, break. <laughs>